Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. All right, I'm back. Thought you could get away from me, didn't you? No. It's me, Toby C. How are you? Welcome back, or if it's your first time joining us, welcome to our show called The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. I'm just the host, the host of the ghost. And uh, this is kind of an interesting concept show, something maybe you haven't heard before. First of all, I'm not going to spend the entire show letting you get to know the host. That's for darn sure. Um, but we are going to get to know um, our friend and our in-studio guest today, Sandy D. Hey, Sandy, how are you? I'm just great, Toby. Wonderful. Great to see you, and I'm glad you're you're with us. And um, here's the deal. We're going to be talking about <clears throat> recovery, and we're going to be talking about the devil or Satan or evil, uh, the evil moments, the evil resistance, the evil coincidences that many of us encounter in our earliest attempts to get better. It's that simple. You know, we're going to be talking about drugs and alcohol in this program, but I'm telling you, this program is for anybody who's suffering. And the moment they try to emerge from that loneliness and that isolation and that misery and that suffering and that pity party, the battle cry of, you don't understand me, as soon as they try to move away from that, there's something external, and you can't deny it, that's determined to keep the sufferer in misery, right, Sandy? That is correct. Oh, yeah. Yes. And by the way, you know, uh, Sandy and I are both uh, members of a 12-step program. We're not going to tell you which one. Um, I think they'll figure it out. They'll figure it sooner or later. <laughs> what do you think, Toby? And here's the deal. We're going to be talking about uh, evil resistance and early recovery, and many of you are going to think that it's the relapse, right, Sandy? We were talking about that, and, and relapses are evil, are they not? Oh, it was the relapse was worse than uh, my drinking prior to relapse. There you go. So, Some, yeah, the relapse. Sometimes when we go out, it's worse than the spiral on the way down, isn't exponentially it? Exponentially worse. Oh yeah. In my case. Oh yeah. You know, it's. I read a book called Luke, and Luke was talking about these demons entering a house. All right, or a demon that lives in the house. Right, <clears throat> and and that could be paralleled to maybe, you know, my life, okay? Um, I had a demon in my house, right? And I expelled that demon. I got rid of that demon somehow. And there's a story in this, in this book of Luke that talks about if we're not careful and we don't protect our clean house from which we've expelled the demon, if we're not careful, he goes out and finds seven other demons, and collectively they come back and occupy the same house, and the sufferer is worse off than he was originally. Isn't that what you just said, Sandy? Absolutely. So there it is. Sorry to get biblical, gang, but, <clears throat> you know, it's it's the story of life. It's the story of suffering. And, and I'm here to tell you, um, there is only one power that can relieve our alcoholism. And who is that power, Sandy? And that one is God. May you find him now. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, and in our search to find relief and to find a God of our understanding, like in the 12-step movement, <clears throat> there is an equal, an equally negative resistance that's just 
determined to sabotage our, our every move. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. And um, here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> I'm going to let Sandy kind of give us a, a little background of, uh, of, of quickly of how you got to the bottom, because this is not drunk log radio, that's for sure. <clears throat> and we're not here to philosophize about uh, Satan and evil and the devil, whether he, it, it exists or not. We're here to find the fork in the road. Mm-hmm. We're here to go back and find the fork in the road. But before doing so, <clears throat> go ahead and uh, hit the highlights, Sandy, of, of, of your miserable uh, mm-hmm. bottom and, uh, and some of the misery that you encountered trying to get away from the bottom in your relapse. Uh, so I, I think I'll just do one paragraph of how I got into the program. And then, then we'll move to the relapse, which is the fork in the road. And uh, when I was, I would guess, about 15 years old, living back east, uh, uh, my very best friend's older sister uh, got uh, Dickie, myself, and a third guy, I can't remember now, to be bartenders at a New Year's Eve party. We would be the cute little guys who happened to participate in the alcohol, got drunk, were very cute. What I remember is the feeling. I have never had this feeling before. My thought was, someone has been hiding the cure-all to life from me all these, all my life, all 15 years. And uh, so I had this feeling, uh, which was amazing, which I wanted to then repeat. And at midnight, got to kiss all the girls. It was the best day of my life. Now I will fast forward. Let's see, it would be 18 years, and my wife comes home, I'm married now, living in California, migrated west, wife comes home from church, and with our four daughters, the youngest of whom was about six months, and there I am, sprawled out on the back deck, in my bathrobe, with a shotgun by my side. So I went from the best day of my life to the worst day of my life. In the span of 18 years. In the span of 18 years, where my higher power was alcohol and uh, other mood-altering substances. Okay, so let's talk about, <clears throat> you're a young child, you weren't trying to escape any pain, or you, you were just kind of experimenting, and you found something that made you feel really good. Right. How often, and, and it can be anybody, you know, compulsive shoppers find, you know, shopping feeling really good. And, and if it feels good a little, don't we want a lot? Oh, yes. There yes. it is. I seek more. Ah, by the way, and, and when we stopped doing whatever we're doing in a balanced, healthy manner, and we started to excessively and compulsively use this, whatever it was, to feel better, that could have very well have been one of the forks in the road. Oh, for sure. And, and it happens for some of us very young. Yes. Where, yeah. where our life does become unmanageable because we want to feel too good, and whatever we, whatever we discover to make us feel good, we want more of it. There it is. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So yep. keep going. Well, anyway, but uh, interestingly, where I grew up and my background, I, I, you know, it was not a ghetto. I was there not in you know, fear of my life or anything like that. But uh, I also was, was driven to, uh, to be an overachiever. So 
while the alcohol was starting to chip away at my life, you know, I was ex- succeeding, succeeding, you know, in school, went to then one of the finest colleges in America, and then on to a law school, you know, this was, but meanwhile, the demons were there, and I was balancing the two, and, uh, you know, ultimately, it, uh, it, it broke down with, uh, you know, there are not a lot of people who were sprawled out with a shotgun by their side who were living a happy life at that time. Yeah. Sandy, let me ask you, did you really know at that moment, sprawled out, you know, in the bathrobe with the shotgun, did you really know at that moment who or what? Your demon was. No. In fact, I have no recollection. Was I really going to shoot myself? Or was I I crying for help? I don't know. All right. So, gang, listen. Here's here's the nature of this show. We're not here to talk about Adam and Eve. We're not here to talk about the apple. We're not here to talk about the bad decision. We're here to talk about the snake. We're here to talk about the demon. There was there was a demon, Sandy, that whole time, and it was there. The snake was there. You just weren't aware of it, were you? No. You just thought, hey, I'm just having a bad run in life. I've had a lot of bad luck. Poor me, right? Oh, yeah. There you go. So you ended up in a rehab or recovery like many of us. Oh, trying, yeah. Trying to figure out what your demon was, Exactly. Right? Well, I went, yeah, uh, yeah within, within day. I, well, anyway, uh, my wife got me into the local psychiatric hospital, and they released me if I agreed to go to an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And I agreed. But the miracle was I went. And when I went to that first meeting, I, I still remember my first meeting. You know, it's like so many remember certain first experiences. And I heard my story. It was a long speaker meeting. Back in the old days, these were hour and a half meetings, much too long for us alcoholics. And uh, the speaker would speak for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, and then there'd be discussion. Heard my story. You know, they say, come back, and, you know, in years you'll eventually hear your story. I heard it right away. Sat next to a guy who, uh, uh, I won't, his name was unusual, so I won't reveal his anonymity, but he became my first sponsor. Mm. This was, this was uh, 40 years ago. So... <clears throat> By the way, Sandy and I have worked, we already had a discussion, so we know what the demon is. Okay, we okay, <laughs> but but but, I, and I don't want to let the the cat out of the bag. But here it is, though. I thought the it, demon uh, was a snake, not a cat. The, the demon. <laughs> it, uh, and hey, by the way, gang, listen. While we talk about evil resistance in our earliest attempts at recovery, I want to be clear to the listener that we're going to stay focused on this fragment of time. We're not going to talk about the evil that exists within the world and the evil, crazy stuff that we do when we're all jacked up or, or we're in the midst of self or self-centeredness. That's not this show, gang, okay? <clears throat> this show is to talk about Satan and evil and some external force that keeps baiting the trap of the spiritually and emotionally vulnerable. And that's precisely where, where I was and in early recovery. And Sandy, I know you and countless of our friends were too. We all share the same story. That's why we're doing the show, gang, is to is to maybe bear witness somehow that there was something external that kept tripping us up. And we thought it was bad choices, bad decisions, bad luck. <clears throat> it was his fault, her fault, or 
quite often it was our fault, right? And let me tell you, don't give yourself so much credit, listeners, okay? It maybe wasn't your fault, okay? And quit beating yourself up and shaming yourself and, and crumbing on yourself. There was something out there, and you just were, <clears throat> were vulnerable to the temptation, and you kept getting handed back into the, into the jaws of, uh, of evil. And it's that simple. And one thing you touched on just now, Sandy, was when you went into this, this meeting, you experienced unity. Mm. You experienced acceptance. And you still remember it to this day, don't you? I do. It was love. It was love. I, I was not aware of it at the time, but yes. There you go. Just like you were not aware of this love that was in the room at the time, you also weren't aware of the demon and evil that 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 awaited you. Oh yes, it's going to take a couple years, but we'll get there, Toby. No, no. So everybody, take a deep breath. We're winding down this first segment. I'm telling you, you know, it's the devil's not at the the center of this deal, but but. But his figure is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith. So stick around while we yank the covers off the snake here on the fourth dimension. And I'm your host, Toby C. with Sandy D. Stand by. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Okay, Sandy. What are we going to do? We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about your relapse, but we're not going to give you a lot of time to talk about your relapse because what you think was the fork in the road, what you think was really evil resistance in early recovery, even though you had five years, I think, at the time, right? Close to five. Yeah. I didn't so, get, hit the magic five, no, and, no, and, so, and you'll see why. All right, so take take us. Take us away, Sandy. Okay. So, uh, you know, after I went to my first AA meeting, I uh, was active in AA and I thought I was very, very active, but I was only going two days a week. And although this guy who became my sponsor, I really didn't work with him very well. Um, and in that uh, period, uh, it, was a little, it was a little rocky to begin with, but anyway, I, I wound up... Uh, doing a, a fourth step where everything had to do with drinking. I had, it had not have to do with anything other than character defects. Is I drank and I did this, and, uh, and I assumed that by not drinking, everything would take care of itself. All right, so what you're describing is a little denial. You're focusing on the, the conditions, not the 
causes. Yes. So, there it is. So there I, uh, so as a result, my business, which I had started uh, shortly before uh, coming into the program, was soaring. I was making more money than I thought was possible. I had a great house. I had a great wife. I had four children. And life was going well. Did you think it was the promises, the AA promises coming true? Absolutely. Life had never been better. I mean, it was just phenomenal, everything. I mean, you know, I had all these friends out in, uh, you know, where we lived. Uh, I thought I lacked for nothing. But I'm going to find out later, things had not developed inside as, as, as they have now. Hey, I just want to bring this up, though. What you may have thought were the promises as a result of working the program <clears throat> may have been an illusion. Absolutely. Sometimes the gifts of sobriety are the things that take you out, yeah. as we've often often say. Mm. So one day, you know, you're talking about coincidences and evil. Out of nowhere, my secretary secretary just suddenly looks at me and I going this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. You know, she'd worked for me for over a year. What is going on here? And that led to a bunch of bad decisions where I wound up uh, heading off for a week with her to Bermuda. You know, that's not even close by. And I was not going to drink. You took the bait. I took the bait. My God, that was a big piece of bait, too. And... Uh, uh, it was it was packaged as something different, of course, and so here's this this, this woman, uh, attractive, uh, you know, much younger than I was, and I've got you know this wife and children and everything else. What in the world was I thinking that I'm going to get on a plane with her and go somewhere? You know, you lied to my wife, told her I'm going on a business trip somewhere. Uh, she really didn't ask where I was going, which would made it a lot easier. She was uh, <laughs> not at all suspicious anyway. So we head off, and I am not going to drink. But this is a young party girl, and I want her to like me. Yeah, yeah, I want her to like me a lot. Well, anyway, we're uh, before the plane is really uh, outside of California airspace, uh, I'm having my first glass of wine. You took the bait. I took the bait. I took the bait. I am so hooked. Stand by before you keep going, listeners and Sandy. Is it possible that that you took the bait long before you ever took the first drink or long before you ever looked at your secretary of one year differently? Absolutely. I know that now. Mm -hmm. I did not know that then, though, mm -hmm. did I? Didn't see the snake, did you? Didn't see the snake. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, so, uh, you know, it, 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 it uh, goes on from there. And uh, she was part of my life uh, for a while here into the future. How long did your relapse last? My relapse lasted three and a half years. And did, did, you, did it hurt you financially or your family or your reputation or your golf score? <laughs> well, the hell with the golf scores, but uh, I did get divorced. I lost custody of my four children, had to sell my business. Yeah. Now, I sold my business at a profit, so there was no financial mm -hmm. loss there. Okay. So again, again, this show's not about talking about the evil stuff that we do on the way down to the bottom and the evil uh, temptation that we keep uh, uh, snagging the, the, and the, the bait trap with. 
we're going to come back now and we're going to be talking about the real fork in the road that Sandy missed. <clears throat> Some Somebody somehow didn't pull the, the covers off and expose the snake, right? That's, That's what we do when we trust God and clean house and we figure this thing out, is we pull the covers off the snake, don't we? Hey, we're going to be talking about the snake in great detail here on The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host, Toby D. Toby C. <laughs> we're here with Sandy D. And uh, stand by, it's good stuff. Be right back, Fourth Dimension, Toby C. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right. If the figure of the devil is missing, one one also loses sight of the figure of God itself. It makes the concept of God very abstract. And this show, my friend, is is not to talk about uh, the existence of the devil as demonstrated, but rather to be believed. We're here to go ahead and yank the covers off the snake. We're here to go all the way back to the fork in the road where the devil, you know, set our, our, our rotational axis off ever so slightly and put us on the wrong road. Now, what we're going to be doing now with Sandy is we're going to, we're going to rewind a little bit, and we're going to go back, and, um, and we're, we're going to try to explore where possibly the devil and evil had already set out to trip up Sandy. And it wasn't, it wasn't almost five years into AA. It wasn't with your, your secretary. You know, it happened way back way back when. And, you know, you touched on this, Sandy. You said when you first did your fourth step that, uh, that you were talking about what you perceived to be your character defects. The primary one was that you drank too much. There it was, correct? That was the only one. It actually, that, that, yeah, so, everything re- related to that. So your refusal to open your mind to something beyond excessive drinking, that possibly already was a fork in the road. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, a good and an evil road. Yes, right. <laughs> but by the way, by the way, Sandy, there was another fork in the road earlier, much earlier than that, wasn't there? Much, much and, earlier. Um, I may not have been walking. No, you know, so let's go back. Let's go back. And what we're going to do here is we're going to really try to identify what Sandy's character defects and the cause of his misery and, and suffering really might have been. And I say might have been. It's all within the, the realm of possibility. But let's go back now and 
let's go back to the very beginning of the dysfunctional family system, right? Hey, if this was Freud, Freud would say, now tell me about your mother. Let's start there. Yeah. But um, Sandy, how was your childhood? How was your, your upbringing? You know, tell us about your, your not-so-normal normal. Right. Well, one, one of the things I've, I've said for years is that I have very few memories of anything much before I was 14 years old. Wow. When I was sent away to school outside of the family. Uh, and this was, uh, this was not a punishment. This was actually supposed to, I was sent to what was a prestigious school. This was supposed to be an honor and not too uncommon from where I grew up. Um, but I really am blank on most. And my brother, uh, the same thing, who's yeah. been in the program. We both share that. And we've sort of at times tried to figure out, you know, what happened. He had a few different memories than I had different memories. Right. However, for the benefit of the listener, Sandy and I have already figured out exactly what was happening back then. And yeah. Well, so want me to go right there? Just do it. Hit do it. Do it. Hit it. Just, hit just, it. Hit just it. Don't beat around the bush, Sandy. No. Tell us, how is your relationship with your mother? <laughs> okay. Uh, not that. That Although I haven't, I didn't know that till I got here to AA. Let me just sort of back up a second. It hit me one day when someone was talking to a group of people, and they said, what I needed was a hug from my mother. And everyone in the room was nodding their heads going, aha, yeah, yeah, I can identify. And I went, oh, shit, I never got hugs from my mother. Did you feel hurt? God, yes. God, did you feel like sobbing and weeping right then and there, this, 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 this overwhelming emotion just just. Yeah. Come over you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I know my mother loved me. In fact, uh, you know, being a good alcoholic, I was the favorite of the three, don't you know? Mm -hmm. But now I know she loved me. She didn't know how to show it. Yeah. And, and she did. A lot know was from her family growing yeah. up. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, uh, you know, she had grown up in a very poor, uh, poor Irish family. I think, I think her parents might have been. Uh, first generation uh, in, in, in this country, or close to it. She married my father, whose family had been around here practically since the Mayflower crashed into Plymouth Rock. And uh, I think she always felt less than and had a hard time. Uh, you know, I was born shortly after World War II, you know. Right. and Okay, but your mother didn't... Give you this 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 nurturing, nurturing that 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 they were talking about in the meetings, and all of a sudden that was an aha moment for you. That was an aha moment at the meeting. Okay, I, now let's go back to another painful um, experience, and this was your relationship with your father. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my father, I I just never felt like he loved me. Mm -hmm. I thought my mother loved me, but she didn't give me the physical love. She also didn't give me the safety of protecting, uh, protecting me from my father. Mm -hmm. And um, my brother, sister, and I, we all, all felt this way. And again, we can see, I figured out, you know, kind of why he's, he was that way. He was an only child. I don't think his parents uh, uh, did stuff for him, but it's not about him. It's, it's about me. Okay, so... The end result was <clears throat> you felt some type of abuse from your father. Abuse, by the way, can take many different forms. Neglect, 
Yeah, neglect. I mean, anything you want to call it, sexual abuse, neglect, overworking. Um, there's, there's a, there's a hundred, there's, I think I got a, a sheet with about 50 different injuries on it somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, so they're, they're all there. Okay. However, the end result, Sandy, was that, um, something, something was missing. Something was empty. And, um, you ended up with this feeling of what's wrong with me. Yes. What's wrong with me? And I by know the way, that now. Yeah, I did exactly. not know that and, then, though, exactly, exactly. Toby. Yeah. <laughs> and as a child, children aren't, aren't programmed by default to say, what's wrong with me? We, we, we act out to overcome this feeling. We don't know to go to a, a therapist or a counselor at uh, five or six years old, unless our parent wants us to go. And so, so we develop a personality that helps us overcome and move away from this feeling that's hurting us. Very much so, yeah. And, and is the feeling that hurts you, Sandy, is the feeling that hurts you, was it a feeling possibly of shame? Yeah, definitely shame. I know that now. You didn't know it then. I'm a bad person. You just, you know, just kind of go, well, what's wrong with me? And, 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 and we all, as little children, we, we, we act out in so many different ways, overtly, in, inwardly. We just, you know, we don't know. But, but now looking back, it was shame. There it was, shame. And uh, here it comes. The antithesis of shame is Pride is what I have figured out, although yeah. it wasn't, yeah, so there it is. pride. And, and, and see, and again, your defect of character, if you will, and it wasn't excessive drinking at six years old. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not yet, no. There, well, until you get to the part, you know, the, the little party with your little friends, hey, bartending, hey. I know the story. But here's the deal. So, so you, um, you were, were already developing this persona this proudful persona, yep. this uh, this proudful persona of achievement and success, uh, and and of course, like so many of us in in the culture of of, of post war uh, uh, United States, we developed this uh, this sense of uh, this dis distorted sense of, of values and and really what what success means, right? Our our bank account balance defines our our success. I think you and I talked about one time uh, we touched on exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. You know, That's where you ain't did. nothing wrong about feeling good about yourself. There might be something wrong with feeling too good about <laughs> yourself, <laughs> right? Yes. So there it is. So there it is. The fork in the road, Sandy. Yeah. Was yeah. way back when. Yeah, and boy, I, no wonder I'd blocked so much of this out. But you know, as I think about this too, uh, Toby. Uh, it's it's so horrible with you know young children like this because they know nothing. They're born into this world. So if this is what they get as a first uh, their, their first uh, interaction with the two people taking care of them. They don't know that there is an alternative. Yeah. And you talked about me then building up these uh, different things I did out of pride, where I would get the attaboys from the neighbors' mothers. Sure. Yeah. So they thought, you know, that uh, Sandy was a, was a cool kid would say that. I didn't get that at home. Interesting. I spent a lot of time outside the home. How interesting. If That's you, why I don't have memories of home. I love it. In other words, Sandy, if you couldn't feel good about yourself, 
Right. Maybe externally, other people could make you feel good about yourself. Absolutely. It's called admiration. It's called achievement. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of pride. Yep. It's not false pride. It was the real deal. No, no, no. And, uh, and, and I worked at it. See, and, I went out and looked for it. In fact, I found many, I, I have a long list of, and you, 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 you and I have talked about this before, of men who I used as father substitutes. Mm -hmm. I did not go down the victim road of poor me. I went out and found other fathers. But at some point that wasn't totally fulfilling either. When you came into recovery, you were, you were determined to make it a success. There oh, was. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. Everything you, I touch, I tried to turn felt, into a success. You, you felt the love and the unity, but there was something, Sandy, that kept you from sitting all the way down in that seat. Yes. There was something that was keeping you from preparing yourself to really, really um, turn yourself outward and, and pay attention to other people differently. Yeah. There was something in you that was reluctant to go deeper in your fourth and fifth step with your sponsor at that time than just talking about the, the character defect of alcohol abuse. Yep. And that something was what? Evil. It was. Evil. It was something, it was something that, that didn't have your best interest in mind, right, Sandy? Yeah. And it wasn't a test, was it? Well, no, no, I, you know, it's all about me. It's yeah, all about you. I mean, and, and by yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, call, yeah. don't call temptation a test, okay? Because you've already failed it <laughs> by the time, by the time the uh, the test hits your lap, okay? Yeah, right, don't worry yeah. about it. You failed, right? I, I failed. That, you know, but we all do. We all think that evil is is temptation and the test, but but the fork in the road again yeah. happened long ago. And by the way. Real quick before the before this segment ends, if anybody's suffering from shame, a young child especially who's just paralyzed in shame and bewilderment, what do you think the solution is for that young child? Love, love, love. Paying attention to that that young developing yeah. uh, alcoholic or junkie. Yeah. Before they get there, man, you put your arms around them and you tell them they got nothing to feel ashamed of. Yeah. That's the devil. Yeah. All right. Take a deep breath. Hey, I'm Toby C. Here with Sandy D. We're talking about evil resistance during our earliest uh, moments in recovery. It's fun stuff, man. We're going to be right back with our fourth and final segment for this hour. Again, this is The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host, Toby C. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put our finger on evil. There was something evil going on, and it wasn't good. 
Right. And we were blaming ourselves, weren't we, Sandy? Yes. yes and we were we blaming were. everybody else. Oh, yeah. But we weren't giving credit where credit's due. And that was some external force. And it's real taboo to call that, that negative external force the devil or Satan or the fallen angel. But listen, gang, you can call it whatever you want. But it wasn't God, was it, Sandy? No, it was not Not what became my higher power. So no. that was, yeah, yeah. So there it was. And um, so the takeaway from, from this hour was that, uh, was that, that possibly, Sandy, um, you were, you were blocked off from being aware of the devil because you were very busy overcoming shame. Yes, very much so. Overcoming shame. And boy, I was so narrow-minded that I, I wouldn't allow anything in, and I kept myself busy 24-7. Right, and, and that goes hand in hand. By the way... Um, busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy is distraction. And distraction is a form of denial. And let me tell you, gang, the devil... Satan, whatever you want to call it, wants you to deny and not be aware of its existence. Remember, it's the snake that's curled over there in the corner with the tarp on it, okay? It's in the room. It's always been here. It just hasn't revealed itself. Why? Because you won't pull the tarp off of it and show it for what it is, a harmless reptile that seems to be slithering in the right place at the right time to bait you during our earliest moments of emotional and spiritual growth. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and so our earliest moments, never mind you know, childhood and the dysfunctional family system, we're talking about the moment we decide we don't want to die, the moment we decide we don't want to blow our heads off with a shotgun in the bathrobe on the back porch, or the moment we don't want to get behind the wheel of an airplane or an automobile intoxicated and kill a bunch of people. This is the moment we, we de depart from selfish self-centeredness and move towards something called God consciousness. There it is. Our God of my understanding yeah. was one of the keys. Because I, I found that religion, I, I was very narrow-minded on it and really had no interest. Therefore, that was a big block for me when I came into AA. But Sandy, if you had it to do all over again, knowing where the fork in the road really was, the moment you came into recovery... There was a fork in the road, and we've identified that fork in the road. And, and now if you had it to do over again, what do you think you would have done different to have made your sobriety more enjoyable and, um, and, and enduring? Yeah, well, it sounds very trite, Toby, but I would have worked the steps. I was not meditating. Oh, you didn't trust God? No, I did not trust God. Oh, I think there's three parts of the 12-step program. The first is trust God. <laughs> the second part is clean, clean house, house and help others. Yeah. So there it is. I, I was doing it backwards. I was helping, helping others. others. Yeah. Ah. But if you haven't got, if you, what does it say on page 164? Obviously, you cannot transmit something. something you haven't got. How yeah. interesting. And so many of us try to get right into service work. Oh, yeah. It's just like so many of us, and, and this is perfect for this program. So many of us in early recovery try to overcome shame. And what's the first thing we do? We go out there and we try to apologize to everybody. Yeah, right, right, right. And they don't want to hear any of it. 
Nope. You take your apology and you pack it with the other thousand, you know, failed, lame, hollow, shallow apologies and hit the road. And, um, and of course, that causes more shame. Yeah. So if you had it to do all over again in the very beginning, you probably would have, um, what do you think? Sat all the way down. I would have sat all the way down, opened my mind up, and let things come in as they came in and not try and force them. Just let God appear. God appear in my life. The God as I understand him now. And, uh, you know, my higher power changes all the time, but it never bears much resemblance to some of the organized religions. And... Uh, you know, it's in nature for me. It's it's the natural flow of things. You know, you know listening to another human being, uh, you know, the love of another person. So that's where God is, uh, the helping helping others. And um, it's 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 uh, it's hard to talk about. I can feel it. <laughs> so so here's the deal. Here's the takeaway, newcomers or anybody who's listening. Your evil resistance, Sandy, in early recovery wasn't this 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 cataclysmic uh, 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 event. No burning they, bush. They were very subtle. Yep. Um, but 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 they just kept you on the wrong road. Your the evil resistance was. I think I got this when in fact you didn't. Did not have. I it. think I'm prepared to help others when in fact you weren't. Nope. Nope. So you were caught up in uh, the great illusion. Yep. Which can only be overcome by the. Great reality. The great reality. That's your favorite. Tell us about it. It is. Well, the great reality, page uh, one, um, page 55 of the big book, and then again on 161, oh, I believe. Oh, check this out. On page 55, it says, deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. God, yes. But God may be obscured. Ah. Yes. Who does the obscuring? Well, of course I did. But don't give yourself so much credit. Okay, okay, something, Toby. Something was also helping you obscure your relationship and your 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 experience of the presence of God. Oh, well, of course. And 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 it says it right there on page fifty-five that we are caught up in pomp. Mm-hmm. We're caught up in calamity, mm-hmm. and we are caught up in worship of other things. Exactly. When and, I yeah. Yeah, when I was going to, I became my, I thought I was defined by my financial statement. That's yeah. who I was, you know? Something, and, and by the uh, way, like I said, gang, something told Sandy, that's what you want to do. Yes. That's where you want to go. But but by the way, stop it. It didn't come from within. Yeah, yeah. There were there were situations that were external, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. There were situations that were not coincidence. There were people and situations and things in the right place at the right time to keep you on the wrong road. Yes. The road that, that you hit a fork in long ago. Long ago. But you kept it coming. <sighs> Take a deep breath. That was fun. We're going to have another hour coming up here with Sandy D. And uh, some interesting... Um, evil that kind of represented itself later on in life. So maybe your early recovery isn't over. What do you think, Sandy? I think think you're right on, Toby. All right, we're going to be back. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension and um, good stuff. Evil resistance during early moments in all of our recovery. Can you dig that? Yeah, hope to to see you all again or hear you all again. again.
Ja. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey, it's Toby. Uh, this is a concept show you're tuning into. If it's for the first time, welcome. If you're coming back for a, another dose of the fourth dimension with Toby C., welcome back. And uh, I'm just going to tell you that uh, we talk about Satan, we talk about the devil, we talk about evil, we talk about the figure of the fallen angel. Why? Because it's indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith. Okay, it's indispensable to being aware of the presence of a loving God, okay? And I'm here to tell you, my friend, that no human power can relieve your suffering or the suffering of a loved one, I swear to you. And only God can and will if he is sought. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, if you're in recovery, you may have learned, like so many of us, including yours truly, that there is something hell-bent on interfering with our, our desire and our desperation to seek uh, the relief that only comes from a God of our understanding. So I want to be clear about that. And we're going to be talking about that. It's hard to appreciate uh, God uh, if we're not aware of the antithesis of God. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing this show and every show. It's called The Fourth Dimension. And I'm just your host, Toby C. And again, we're starting Hour 2 with Sandy D. Welcome back, Sandy D. Great to be back there, Tobe. Yeah. And what we're going to do is I'm going to... I'm going to let Sandy uh, briefly, you know, summarize what we discovered last hour and how these discoveries all manifest ultimately in the, in the form of a bad message. Yeah. And, um, and I'm here to tell you, my friend, God and a Good, loving God of your understanding and my understanding is not buried in a bad message. It's called the good news. Mm -hmm. There's something else external that's buried in the bad message, and we're going to illuminate that this hour. But uh, take us back and kind of summarize where we went to, Sandy. Uh, okay, Toby. Uh, no, the, the the key words being bad message, and uh, you know, the more I've you know worked through some of this stuff. Uh, I realized that this bad message started before I could even talk or walk. Yeah. Yeah. That and that, wow. That, you know, as a young, you know, blank slate, we're born, born into this world. We are a blank slate waiting for, you know, people to say things, do things, and, and each one kind of sticks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to take it all the way back to the beginning is, is scary now. It's one of the tools we use in the program is that every day is a blank slate and I can start it and I, I'm going to be putting brush strokes on it and doing some stuff that's good, some that's bad. I then have tools to erase maybe some of those. But to go back when you are just a helpless little baby, this has been really startling to me. 
And you know the, the, the bad message was that I was not good enough. Shame, you know, shame, I am a bad person. Guilt, I did something bad. But shame, I am a bad person. And to have that, uh, to get that feeling um, as when I am so young, uh, and I've only gotten in touch with it recently. And uh, I think if I hadn't seen a grandchild of mine who is experiencing, I, mean, I, I just see me in him as I watched his parents talk in a negative way, and he picked up that he was a bad person. Mm-hmm. And uh, so sometimes you know, I couldn't see it, with my own children, maybe that was there. Obviously couldn't see it with me. I was, you know, I was just a baby. But, but it was there. So there's that, that evil. Yeah. How interesting. Hold that thought there for a minute, Sandy. So really, it's shame. It's the emotion shame. of shame. Complete and, and, shame. And how does a young, developing child overcome shame, you know, and it's a deep, real emotion, and, it, and, it, and it's external. It, it comes from an external uh, stimuli, okay? And, and the only way a young, developing child can overcome the shame is to try to change their behavior. But no matter what we do, and I, could, I remember the same experience, no matter what we did, it wasn't good enough. Or we were still in that shame cycle, right? Oh, absolutely. And then the message is, is imprinted. It's there. Yep. So then I would try and do all these things to be this exceptional person that would stop the message from coming. Uh, I don't know what was said, but I've seen it with other people now and understand it's there. And it's not directed at the child. It was not directed at me. I just picked it up because that's all that was around me. And it was negative. So if I then can succeed and be this loving child, maybe that will stop the bad message. How interesting. So as a, as a young developing child, we open ourselves up to this negative energy. There it is. Yeah. And, we, and we take it in, and it's, and it's a stimuli, and it's negative, and it's hurtful, and it's harmful, and we process it differently. And the antithesis of this negative energy, Sandy, is a loving God, a God of their understanding. But young children don't have that tool at their disposal, do no. they? They don't have an option, do they? No, 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 nor was it discussed. Uh, so then, as we, you know, Toby, as you and I have talked about, the self-talk started. Yep. And I start talking to myself, I'm not good enough. And so then I try and correct it. You know, some people go down the victim route. That was not my deal. I did not go down that. I was going to succeed. And I was going to succeed in all the ways that appeared to make sense in my environment at the time. So, because everybody grows up in different uh, different uh, living arrangements. And, uh, you know, mine was not sort of a, a loving spiritual uh, home. It was, by outside standards, quite, quite acceptable, you know. But anyway, so I, I, I would be talking to myself, and I developed, you know, one of the— we talk about the seven deadly sins here, don't we? So, uh, pride. It was all about pride. Well, also- Self. Pride. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what it led to. Yeah. But really, the self-talk in the very beginning, Sandy, was, I need to overcome this shame, so I need to do this. Yes. There it is. I, I, I. I, I, I. Now, the self-talk was not, 
I need to ask God to give me some relief oh, and, and, and to work through not this even with close. me. Yeah. It was, there was no power greater than ourselves. And again, as a young developing child, I get it. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, King Baby, I've heard it referred to. Oh, yeah. Okay. His Majesty the Baby. There it is. We, we slip into the, the self-service where we were there. Our message, our evil demonic message is, in, is buried in the eye. It's the ism. The you can ism. call it alcohol-ism. Oh, you know, got Sandy, it. What are some other, you know, t- give us some examples of the isms out there. Don't you love the isms? I you know, love it. The, you know, the I, self, me, you know? Yeah, That's ism. alcoholism. Ism. Oh my God, my brain is that incredible shit machine. Ism. Ism. With an incredible short memory. Ism. And that cleverly leads me to the other isms, such as my worst, I seek more. Ism. Yeah. Oh yeah. I self-medicate. I feel like one of the Supremes has a background vocal. Ism. Ism. Doo-wop. Doo-wop. And how about I separate myself? Yeah. Whoa, that, there's an ism. ism. You know, I stop meditation. And ism. Ul- ism, yeah. And here, and ultimately, I sponsor myself. There you go. Absolutely. There. It's I, I, I. You know, I. And, and so, hey, like I said, if anybody's listening to this and you're trying to make sense out of this, don't be so hard on yourself. We're all born this way, right, Sandy? We all come out yeah. of the womb with two major self-serving instinctual drives. The, the instinctual drive to be loved and the instinctual drive to feel secure, okay? And that's just how we roll. That's how we're wired. The problem is we had a bad message yeah. that kept us from outgrowing these basic instinctual drives that ultimately leads to defective relationships with others, with which ultimately leads to defective relationships with ourselves. Right, Sandy? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, oh man, take a deep breath. So, yeah. the uh, the self talk. Mm-hmm. The self talk. When when were you finally able? You didn't get it right away. Oh. When were you finally able to change your message? What do you remember that moment? Well, it uh, it definitely was when I came back into the program for my second sobriety. You know, I was sober for five years before going out, and you know, we've talked about some of the you know the evil messages that that came in then. Yeah, and 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 again, when you came in this last time around, you were determined in a sense, to change your message, were you not? I did it for myself, you know, the first time I did it for those around me. And that's when I got in touch with, uh, which I think is right on point here, you know, the the idea that I needed acceptance from everyone. Mm -hmm. And this was the the two things you said, you know, as a young child, you, you need to feel safe and loved. And so, you know, I was looking for love in all the wrong places, alcohol, drugs, sex, work, you know, work. I, I couldn't agree. Isn't it interesting? This is not a self-help program, but, but in the very beginning, we got to stop doing it for everybody else. And, and ultimately, we got to be honest with ourselves, right? To thine own self be true. And I get it. And yeah. that's, that's where it all starts. And that was my experience too. 
And, and that's when I was determined to change my message because it was the external people who I was trying to get sober and better for who were giving me the bad message. Yeah, okay? exactly, exactly. So I, yeah. I, I, was, I was a pig in a poke yep. until I started changing my message from within. And it's interesting, though, I had experiences, again, in early recovery where there was something external, visual, or these weird situations that happened that were really distracting and discouraging my ability to, to change my message. Mm -hmm. Sandy, do you remember that this last time around? Did you have a couple of bumps in the road that you can remember that was, that was external that said, you know, maybe, maybe not. What do you think? Well, well, uh, leading to the relapse, I don't know if this is... is, is, is I'm talking about this last time around. The, the last time you came in... Or when I came in after I right, had gotten right, sober. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, well, it's, I, I tell the story on my anniversary every year that, on, you know, on February 7th, I was, the desire to stop drinking disappeared. It was, and your, your message at that moment changed. Changed, and I don't remember how. People talk about, there you know, having the experience. It was a I, spiritual experience, wasn't it? Absolutely, and I would love to think that I'd gotten down on my knees and asked mm -hmm. for God's help, mm -hmm. but I don't remember. But it happened, and... I mean, it has been now uh, 31 years. I love it. I love it. You mm. were, in fact, struck sober. I was struck All right. sober. And let me ask you this. Did that strike... Not right away, but then struck did, sober did then. Did that strike come from within or from external? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of it course. It came from an external God who loved you, and you were able to receive all this external love all of a sudden. Your message changed. Yeah. How interesting. All right, we're going to be right back with Sandy D. We're trying to make sense out of nonsense here, and it's all about the message, baby. You're going to change your message if you stick around and listen to this show. I swear to God you will. I'm Toby C. here with Sandy D., and this is our show about evil resistance and early moments of recovery called The Fourth Dimension. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Okay, I, I want to remind you, this is the fourth dimension with Toby C. And we're here with our guest, Sandy D. And we're talking about evil resistance during our earliest moments in recovery. I just want to be clear about that, okay? This is not drunk-a-log radio. We're not to here to uh, uh, get into the philosophy of whether or not the devil exists or not, okay? You know? We're here to take a, a calm, objective look back and say, you know, was there something external? Was there something evil interfering with my desire, my heartfelt desperation to get better? And Sandy, the resounding answer is, of course, yes. And... Um, so there it is. What's the takeaway, Sandy, here before the bottom of the hour? We already know now it was a bad message. Yeah, 
Yeah, we talked about the bad message when I was very, very young. Uh, I carried that bad message into early sobriety. I I had shame that uh, I was an alcoholic. And uh, that is, uh, I knew it was the solution. And I knew that alcohol was ruining my life and was going to kill me. And AA was the solution as best best I knew at that time. But I, I still was ashamed of it. So I would, I remember going to my first meeting and I was just like so many people terrified. Who am I going to see there? Well, <laughs> I mean, I was not a very anonymous drunk. So, uh, you know, it, uh, that, that should have been the least of my concerns. But I, I was so, so ashamed of being an alcoholic and I was not aware of it. So I guess I didn't do the first step completely. Hey, hey let me ask you this. Your first meetings, when you first came in the first time around, did you feel, did you feel the same or did you feel different? Oh, it was a positive experience. Okay, very okay. positive. But how come I'm still feeling shame? Because it's, I'm, I'm, I've got this bad message. It's all the self-talk, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm a bad person. Here I am. You know, a guy like me wound up in Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah? Don't you know who I think I think I am? Uh, so... Uh, but the shame was there. Uh, the first meeting was, was, was terrific. I heard my story, and I found my first sponsor. But I didn't get deeper. In, in fact, it starts with the first step. I knew I was powerless over alcohol. In fact, I kinda, that's what I liked about it. It kind of got me out of self. But I still thought from right from the beginning that my life was still manageable. And as I stayed dry, maybe not even sober, a lot of the gifts of the program started to come along. And so I really did feel like I was managing my own life. Okay, so maybe the message was, I got myself into this pickle. I can get myself out of this pickle. Oh, absolutely, because okay. every step was, you know, step three. We turn ourselves over to God. No, right. you know. And, and you're a man of achievement. You're, you're a can-do guy. You oh. set your mind to something, you can do it, like so many of us. And oh, I'm telling yeah. you, in, in recovery, in drug and alcohol addiction especially, there's you, you meet some overachievers and some real geniuses. What do they say? From Yale to jail, okay? Yeah, yes, yes. And, uh, but uh, the problem is we're, we're angle shooters. We always figure that we can figure this thing out. Yep. And it's a bad message right from the get-go, yep, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So for some reason, you hadn't had the tar knocked out of you sufficiently where 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 all desire to find the solution from within was knocked out of you. You still had a little fight left in you, didn't oh, you? Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, we, you know, we talked about steps six and seven. I mean, the step humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. One, I never did anything humbly in my life, but to ask, you know, my God to remove this. No, I thought it was something I had to do. It's the way I was raised. I was raised to change the things I couldn't accept. Mm -hmm. And I brought that attitude into the program. And it was there for the first five years until I ultimately relapsed because I hadn't gotten the program at the level we have now, which I cherish more than anything at all. Okay. is my sobriety. Was it that you didn't get the program, Sandy? 
Or was there some external stimuli that was discouraging you from really seeing the program for what it was? You you uh, had an, an obscured view of the program, and maybe you're molding the program, the message, to be your program and your message. What do you think? Oh, Sandy? absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like so yeah. many of us. Oh, like so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just I just had a thought here, and. Uh, uh, I'll go with it. It's, uh, I don't know if it's off topic. I'm sure you'll let me know, Toby, right? And uh, growing up uh, in this suburb of New York uh, where I grew up, uh, one of my parents' best friends was in the program. And he was sort of high profile. Everybody always had the cranberry juice for him. So when Mr. Pearson came along, well, it turns out this guy worked in central office. And in AA central, central office in, in New, New York, York City. City. I love it. And his story is the last story in the big book. I love how it. AA hand, yeah, uh, taught him to handle his sobriety, which is what we do here. How interesting. And that was a message. We're going to be right back after the bottom of the hour, but we're here with Sandy D, and we're talking about evil resistance during our earliest moments of recovery. And you had a good message from 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 one of the the rock stars in recovery, and something was blocking you from that message, Sandy. And I can't wait to tell you about All right, it. We're going to be right back. I'm I'm Toby C. And this is called The Fourth Dimension, talking about Satan and evil and evil demonic resistance during our earliest moments of recovery. Can you dig that? Be right back with Sandy D. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, I know where this show is going. This show has definitely landed in the fourth dimension. And we're talking about evil. We're talking about Satan. We're talking about the devil. We're talking about demons that exist in the bad message. Amen on that. Amen. A bad, bad message. message. Yes. And and I'll tell you, so many of us are subjected to this bad message, Sandy. The bad message is what's wrong with this situation instead of what's right with this situation. Right, Sandy? Right. The bad message is what's wrong with this person instead of what's right with this person. Right? What a beautiful example you're about to give us about how how victory and sanity was was delivered back into the jaws of evil oh yeah and 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 there was this 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 evil energy that was at play and everybody was just an instrument and a tool of something called a bad message and this had a profound effect on you sandy Tell us about this story now, please. Well, I think so. And as I, you know, sit here, I realize, you know, that my my parents were not bad people. Uh, they just sort of tended to look at things uh, sort of negatively, which was kind of the bad message I got. So I told you about this guy who wrote uh, wrote the story. It's in the the, in the last book, uh, uh, last story in the big book, and. Um, 
he was a family friend. And by, my parents never held him up as being a model of something that uh, I should aspire to. Here was this man who was at peace with himself and the people around him. He had found God. He had had a horrible—you could read his drunkologue, which is in the story. He was an extremely successful man who was hired uh, by a major New York corporation because he had been caught in a major college cheating scandal where he was writing all the term papers for the students. And you know, A students, he wrote them A papers. B students, he wrote them B papers. C students, he wrote them C papers. Because if he wrote a, you know, a C student in A paper, they'd get busted. Well, anyway, he got busted. And it was, it was in the national press. And, of course, what happened? Everybody wanted to hire him. But my parents, after his, you know, finally get sober, and it is this just, just wonderful role model I had this negative view. Uh, they, they, they kind of thought there was something wrong with him. You know, if Bob had only uh, 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 not had alcoholism in his life, he could have succeeded and become the CEO of this major corporation. So they focused on how alcohol may have held him back rather than how recovery turned him into a person he's much happier with. Hold that thought. So, so really... Um, like so many, um, your parents were not interested in um, in destruction and and uh, reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were interested in uh, people's success stories. Oh, absolutely! They weren't interested in the comeback story, were they? No, not at and all. This guy, he was a comeback story, wasn't he? Yep, and the best. And yeah, yeah I know it with hindsight, but I am, you know, I'm eight and ten, yeah. twelve, and fourteen. So, yeah, I get it. Their and son I, and, is and, my and, best friend. And, and again, this was your stimuli. Your 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 message was, you know, don't be a comeback story, be a success. Yeah. So I felt this same shame. How interesting. So. Um, and I had started my own business the year before. How about that? I wow. Love it. Let's go back, though, to the very beginning. Let me ask you this, Andy. Um, you've had a few dogs in, in your, your history. Oh, yes. Um, what's your experience in either personal or, or other people's canines? Um, what are typically the, the best, most loyal, loving dogs? Is it the pedigree poodle or is it the rescue Street dog. Oh, we love those rescue dogs, there don't we, go. Toby? The rescue oh, Toby dog. That's Unconditional a, love. That's a good message, isn't it? It certainly is, Toby. I'll tell you, those pedigree. I got a those pedigree cockers. You know, they're yeah. um, they're 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 a tough tough lot. I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. and again, hey, the street dogs. You know, nobody's perfect. I've had a few street dogs myself, and yeah. and they and they um they all have their defects. But so there it is. So. So, like many of us, and including some of my distorted set of values, we were we were trained to keep an eye out and to uh, follow as an example the pedigrees, right? Not the the uh, the the success or or the the comeback stories. Oh, sure, it was. Yeah, it was all external, not internal. So you had a fear, a failure. I, yeah, but I didn't know it then. No, you that's gotta, the you, problem. But and, that, and, and they, and that's that was, the bad message and, and floating bad, around. The bad message was, don't you, Sandy, become a failure. Right. 
you know, you need to continue becoming and and a success story. Yeah. There it is. So I would go to AA, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't living it in everyday life. It was like something I went to, and I, I felt shame. I didn't know it then. Yes. I didn't know it, and that's what's so great about this is as we you know, awareness precedes change. Sure, and, and again, I've become aware of that. Sure. Again, if you're just joining us. I'm Toby C, and I'm supposed to do a repeat during these long segments. We're here with Sandy D, and we're talking about evil, evil resistance that so many of us encounter during our earliest moments in recovery. And today we're really focusing on evil that's transmuted and buried in the message, not the self-message, okay? Don't give yourself so much credit, man. There's a message, external message. It's a message... It's a bad message. It's a message of evil, okay? And this message of evil sets up things that are beyond coincidences. It, this message of evil transmutes a vibration called a voice through other people, and we hear it, uh, and, and, and it, it's not a good message. And there it is. You know, the message there in the very beginning now, Sandy, was don't you become a failure. Right. And, um, and when you entered... Alcoholics Anonymous and decided you wanted to get better, you know, and to stay that way, something right from the get-go, man, was was playing, wasn't it? It was there? blocking me. It was blocking me. It was mm -hmm. that old, old messages, the old tapes were yeah. running in the and, back of my head. Yeah. And, and he wasn't aware of it. You know, I was here to get better. And I went to meetings, but I only went to two a week, you know, mind you. And I didn't really work the steps, you know. You know what my, one of my favorite quotes in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is? Okay. Burn into the consciousness of every man that they can get better regardless of anyone. Yes. It doesn't say, you know, despite yourself, did it? No, no, no. Oh, interesting, You can Toby. get better despite yourself. No, it doesn't say that you can get better regardless of anyone. They're talking about the external. They're talking about evil as transmuted and manifest through people's visual, vocal, and actions. There it is. And gang, we want you to be aware of that, right, Sandy? Right. There right. it is. You know, we had the luxury now of calmly and objectively going back in time and saying, there it was, okay? Yep, yeah, if yeah. only I had done this, you know? Hey, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm sorry, we do have hindsight. You know, we, we have a pretty clear view of what was happening back then, don't we now, Sandy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but it's hard to take this all in right to begin with. And, oh, hey, and, and, and let me ask you this. This bad message, mm -hmm. this message of, um, I shouldn't be here. I don't want to be here. Repeating it um, over and over I, again. I don't, I don't, you know, deep down inside, I don't want to change, right? Okay. I wasn't this, aware of that. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Sandy. And this is, this is, this is as serious as a heart attack, gang. Listen carefully. Sandy, does a bad message, does bad self-talk does a bad external stimuli, does it and can it change our brain chemistry? Oh, I believe completely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to do the opposite, don't we? All right. you know? And pay attention, gang. All right. You know, don't be quick to diagnose yourself as an extreme depressive with an anxiety disorder and run to the, the pharmacy for meds, okay? 
I'm here to tell you, and Sandy just demonstrated this, that you can change your brain chemistry. How, Sandy? Uh, changing your message. But changing the message. And, and, and by the way. And, and the, I have a specific suggestion on changing your message, and that is prayer. I love it. Hey, and by the way, oh, check, yeah. check this out. My, my poor home group, they, I just drive them nuts. I tell them when I'm sharing, I'm praying, baby. Yeah, yeah, right. When, and when I'm sharing, okay, I'm, I'm sharing from the heart. And when I share from the heart, it's for the explicit purpose of trying to help another suffering person who's got a bad message. What? Exactly. Change their message. Yep, yep, yep. And when I, when I try to come from the heart, and try to be helpful in another person changing their message. Don't you agree, Sandy? That we continue to keep our message healthy exactly. and changed. And it's a positive message that's repeated to us over and over again. I have a lifetime of practicing this bad message. How about you? Oh, absolutely. So, so I need a daily exercise, a daily discipline of trying to keep this new message in check. And the way I happen to do it is by running my mouth for three minutes at my home group, yep. trying to carry a testimony, a loving message. Yeah. To, to the, to the you, newcomer. You do that, I do that. But also, for myself, the prayer. And I'd love to talk about prayer. I don't know how our time sure, is going no, no, here. No. Should, yeah. we, should, we, should we go on that? Because prayer. I poo-pooed it for years. I go, really, this can't work. You know, it was contempt prior to investigation. Is, is prayer a form of? Talking to God. Talking to Talking God. Talking to God. And, Talking and, to and, God, my and, friend. And, and, and by the way, if somebody else is listening to you, they're going to think you're talking to yourself, okay? And by the way, <laughs> and right. by the way it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line between self-talk and prayer. Yeah. And by the way, I do believe that, that when we self-talk and we open up our mind and our heart to goodness and good energy right, and right, faith, okay, right. that we get a good message. And when we self-talk and we open up our mind and our, our heart to bad energy, we get a bad message. So, so that, I guess all we're doing maybe in our daily home group meeting is trying to practice keeping that message Fresh, right? Absolutely. We go there, pick up that spiritual message every day and try and practice it so we don't spend hundreds of dollars to some psychiatrist yeah. who's going to try and, and teach us to do the same thing. And, and giving us meds. And then come back meds, next week yeah. and go, so how did those do you? Oh, let's <laughs> up it or let's lower it. I'm yeah, telling you, gang, right. you know, please give this some thought that, that there, is, there is a power greater than yourself. And when you're vulnerable, it can affect your message. And part of that message is that I need to go out and get loaded, or I need to go out and get uh, brain chemistry medications to change my brain chemistry. And I swear to you, my friend, if you have the faith and the acknowledgement and the awareness of the presence of evil, you'll know that, that God loves you and he's there to change your message and to keep it that way one day at a time. We're gonna be back with our final segment with my friend Sandy D. I'm your host, Toby C., and this is our show about evil resistance during our earliest moments in recovery called The Fourth Dimension. We'll be right back. If you enjoy our message, 
then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right, let's be clear. Sandy and I, we are, you know, we're members of a 12-step movement, okay, and, and proud of it. But I'm here to tell you, the 12-step movement does not have a monopoly on God. Recovery is about finding a God of your understanding, uh, opening up ourselves to a power greater than ourselves. That's all there is to it, okay? And, um, and here it is, opening ourselves up to a good message and, and closing the door on a bad message. And, and it's a daily deal, right, Sandy? It's oh, yeah. A, it, oh, yes. I a, have incredibly short memory. You remember you the ism? ism. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a, you know, we, we advocate it's a one day at a time deal. And, uh, and all we really have today is a daily reprieve. A daily reprieve from what, Sandy? A daily reprieve from a bad message. Bad message, Which yeah. is contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual Virtual. condition. Absolutely. There it is. That's our program. And so... Got to remember it, though. But we got to <laughs> change our message first yep. in order to change our spiritual condition. And I think that's, those are some of the fruits of the house cleaning that happens in the fourth-step inventories. Oh, right, right. And then, again, the spiritual tool of prayer, as we left off at the end of the, the last segment. And mm-hmm. uh, Now, I want Sandy to give an example of a resentment that he had and how he was able to change his message by a certain rote ceremony. Talk about that, Sandy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well... The, the... the road ceremony was prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can remember that, but let's it. see. Yeah. Yeah. So how did we get there? Well, anyway, I was involved in a uh, working on a project with uh, this woman who uh, I found out uh, is actually was a very sick person. You know, I... We had bad experiences, and I had severe resentments towards her, and I was letting it eat me up. And I would share this with other people, and it was souring relationships with other people. And they would, I mean, on the one hand, they would egg me on because they didn't like her either. She was not a very likable person, but it was only through this program that I got to understand that, in fact, she was a sick person. So I finally went to the AA tool of prayer and to pray for this sick person to get better. And, you know, this is something I had heard for years. I, I said this would never work for me, you know. I'm, but all of a sudden you were open-minded. I was very open-minded and, I and did it. A try. And I did it, expected nothing. After about 30 days, I was approached by a friend of mine who, you know, with the usual hot button, he mentioned this woman's name, and normally I would have a reaction. I had none. All hatred for this woman had disappeared, just evaporated. You gave her a break. I gave her a break. And my discussions with God about her, putting down a positive message, the good message, 
Not the bad message that I was repeating over and over again, that she she screwed me here, she hurt me here, she lied to me here, all of those negative messages over and over. And as I kept putting them down, these treads, they, they affected my thinking. Then I had different messages, you know, and I was talking to God about her. And wow, it changed. And I still feel that way today. How interesting. Fascinating. Fascinating. What a program we have. So so think of this as a ledger, okay? Yeah. And on one side of the ledger, you've got all these negative experiences that you can open yourself up to, right? Right. But all of a sudden, you changed your message, your attitude toward this woman, and you gave her a break. Now, that's not to say the right side of the ledger, the assets column, had a bunch of assets, okay? Uh-huh. But there was one thing that eclipsed all of her defects, just one thing in that asset column, and and that was that you were going to finally recognize and accept her as a sick, suffering person. And forgive her. And you were going to just give her a break. You were going to cut her some slack. Her, yeah. and, and you accepted her. And there it is. Acceptance in the asset column eclipsed all the defects and the negative things that you yeah. could think about yeah. this woman. Amazing. <laughs> and it was your and it was your message. Yes. And by the way, the message, you know, yeah, it came from within. Your attitude came yeah. from within. But do you think something external, you know, through this through this prayer, this discipline right. of really just offering it up to God, do you think something external happened, Sandy, that changed your message? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if I'm not going to meetings and hearing the spiritual tool of prayer, I'm not going to come up with that myself, much less do it. Ah, yeah. So, in other words, one we, we need guy to, working with another. We need to stay in in a bandwidth throughout the day where we give everybody a break. Right, 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 right. That right, we encounter. Right, 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 right. And, right. and in doing so. Do we not give ourselves a break? That—that that is the is. person who benefits, as we know. Love That's the it. paradox of the program. So the message and the brain chemistry. I'll tell you, we come into recovery. I don't know about you. I came into recovery. My brain chemistry was not good. No. <laughs> well, my, that, that makes my two mes- of us know My me. message was not good. And I'm here to tell you, friends, if you come into recovery and you stop drinking or drugging, your brain chemistry is going to automatically change just because of you're not, you're not putting those, those bad chemicals in it anymore. But here's the idea. You want to keep this message changed in perpetuity, right? Right. We want to maintain something called sanity and sobriety. Yeah. And how do we do that, Sandy? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we, 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 we go to meetings, we pray to God, we, we, we work all of the program. And this is why you see people going out, and then the evil comes in again. They get the gifts of sobriety. There's a common theme in AA about the gifts of sobriety can take us out. Yeah. Because thank we're no longer working the program. Thank you. Or honoring these gifts and honoring where these gifts came from. Yes. And by the way, gang, these gifts don't come from within. Yeah. These gifts come from an external source, a God of your understanding. Right. And, uh, and how, about if we, how about if we honor that gift by changing our message today? Yeah. That's where we're going to leave it here, okay, for our, for our, our show. I want to thank Sandy for, for really participating and taking us back on a journey where we can go back to the very beginning of the time and calmly and objectively look at the message. 
and why we didn't change the message in the beginning, what it took to change the message finally, and how we how we continue to carry a good, healthy, benevolent message one day at a time. Right, Sandy? That is correct. I love it. All right, gang. You can change your brain chemistry. Yes. You don't need to get all jacked up, and you certainly don't need a bunch of meds right out the chute, man. Give give God a try. How yeah, about that? Right, right, right. Yeah. Open yourself up to God and stop opening yourself up to Satan. How about that? I love it. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Toby C., and we're wrapping up two hours of Sandy D. on the fourth dimension, talking about Satan and evil resistance during our earliest moments of recovery. Come back soon. God bless. Take care. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.